Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, Episode 370. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton, and I'm so happy that you are here to join us today. I'm also thrilled to introduce our guest, Alexandra Nanadik. Alexandra, did I get that right? It's Alexandra Nanadik. I got it. Yes, you did. (laughs) (laughs) Alexandra is a physical therapist from Alexandra Nanadik Physiotherapy, right? Correct. That's right. Listeners, we do chat before, but my brain and my mouth sometimes do not work properly together. And it's Monday morning, so I'm just going to blame it on that. But Alexandra, I'm so happy that you're here to join us today. It's absolutely a thrill for me to be on your show. So thank you for having me. Thanks a lot. Oh, you're so welcome. I would love if you would give the listeners a little bit of your backstory and tell them how you got to where you are today. So I came to Canada from Serbia in 1996, and uh, I grew up and was educated in in Ottawa. And so I spent most of my childhood there. But uh, about three years ago, I decided that it was time for me to change things up a bit. And so I moved to Toronto with my sister. And so Ottawa, I completed my university degree and worked there for a year and a half. And then when I moved to Toronto, I worked in a couple more private clinics in physiotherapy. And then I decided to start my own thing. So I've been now working uh, for myself uh, in my own private uh, little place for about just over a year. And I haven't really looked back. So I mean, yeah, it's been a little bit of a struggle, but it's been a good struggle. It's been an uphill climb, but it's definitely been an enjoyable journey. Oh, yeah. Every struggle makes us stronger. And what I've learned is that the further up the mountain we get, the harder the climb is. Sometimes I joke with my husband, I was like, are we going to hit the peak pretty soon? Because this is absolutely exhausting. That's not quite how I say it. But I'm trying not to put an E in front of the episode for explicit. But yeah, there's definitely struggles involved. Now for listeners who don't know, what is physiotherapy? So in physio, what we do is um, always start with an assessment of the body and its function. And we look at the limitations and things that trigger pain. So when they first come in to see me, I will have them move in different directions to identify where the pain is coming from or what they can't do or what they can do. And that will help me determine a specific treatment for their condition. And I will then, I will give them the treatment. And after that, I will give them exercises uh, or or stretches or things that they can do at home on their own until I see them next time. So it's very much about movement, about function. It's about also managing pain or lowering pain or getting rid of the pain. Uh, And it's basically just helping people recover from their injury or accident in order to get back to activities uh, that they used to do before. Okay, I get that then. Now I have to ask, entrepreneurship 
Although a lot of us can be sitting at our desks all day, there's that tension that builds up, you know, shoulders, back, neck. Even for some people, just using the arms and typing all day can add up to carpal tunnel eventually. So I know that you are probably working with, just as you said, people who have had injuries and or accidents. But would you have any recommendations for what entrepreneurs like myself can do during the day to lessen the body fatigue and make sure that we're keeping our bodies in good shape as well? Absolutely. I mean, when I say that I work with people with injuries and accidents, yes, that is true. But I also work with people who have never had an accident or an injury, but do feel pain or stiffness just from sitting at a desk all day long. So I work with both types of people. But yes, what I would say for anybody really who spends a lot of time behind a computer, regardless of whether you've had an an injury before or not, is first of all, to stand up, uh, take a break, walk around the house, go get a coffee, go to the washroom, doesn't matter. As long as you get up from that sitting position and you move your body, you shake it up, just stretch, do whatever feels good, basically, at a regular basis. So, you know, we say 20 to 30 minutes. I know sometimes we all get caught in in the work. So, um, you know, 20 minutes might be difficult for some people. But I guess what I would say is as often as you can remember, as as often as you can uh, get up and, and stretch is one thing. And then the other thing I would say is I would just go get some kind of treatment, whether it's massage or physio or or chiro or osteopathy once, I don't know, once uh, three weeks, four weeks, uh, just to make sure everything's tuned up, your body's uh, nice and loose, uh, your muscles are relaxed. Even if it's not an injury, at least it's uh, preventative, right? So um, it's not about what I'm trying to teach people also is that physio is not just for treatment or rehabilitation. There's a huge aspect of it that's prevention. And that's what I want to do is make people aware of what all these things like sitting down at a computer and typing all they can do for you is that it can cause a lot of chronic um, conditions like arthritis and, and stiffness and just, you know, all this that negative stuff. So um, if you go and get treatment, you know, once in a month, for example, I think it's it's great. And I think everybody should do that because you, you really are taking care. Oh, I agree. Of your body. I mean, I've had guests and on the show before. Should be doing. I'm just JJ Flazanes and Rob Dion, and they've talked about fitness. However, I don't want to call myself lazy. I'm anything but lazy. But taking the time to get out of the house and go exercise. We actually Mm -hmm. talked about this in JJ's episode. You know, I have an an elliptical down in the basement that I could easily bring upstairs. And I've been saying that I would do that for a month, two months now. But taking that time, I mean, there's days that I will sit down at my desk at nine o'clock and all of a sudden my kids are walking in from school and I'll look at the clock and realize, oh my gosh, it's 3.15. I have been in it today. So Mm -hmm. I need to start setting a timer actually on my phone. Just a reminder in my iPhone that will tell me, okay, time to get up and stretch. I have reminders that tell me you are abundant in peace, prosperity, and passion. And that, that reminder comes up like once an hour, I just had, I just remembered, I never put my, my cell phone on, uh, on quiet. So it was probably just about to pop up again. But those other reminders are so necessary. 
Alexandra, there's days that I realize I haven't eaten anything and I haven't used the restroom until I stand up. Right. And I think a lot of us are guilty of that, including myself. I'm not going to lie. I'm not perfect. So I have to remind myself of these little tips. But yes, I mean, I think they're important. And if, you know, if little things like reminders on the phone or a little uh, post-it notes on the computer will help you uh, do that, then I think it's worth the effort. And then the other thing, like, as you said, is exercising. I think I forgot to mention that piece. So on top of, you know, getting up on a regular basis, stretching or seeking treatment, exercises for me, at least, is this key. It really keeps sort of keeps me sane <laughs> to a certain extent. It really lowers my stress and it helps me focus better after I've, I've worked out. So that's the other thing I would encourage people to do is really try and devote about three to four days a week of a workout session or exercising session or yoga session, whatever it is that you like to do. Now I have to ask, outside of the exercise and the personal well-being treatments like we've already talked about, in my previous life, my previous career, maybe I should say, I was an interior architect. And part of my responsibility was finding furniture for people in offices. And there was a lot of talk, and this is late 90s and through the 2000s, there were a lot of new ergonomic furniture pieces being developed. Ergonomic chairs, ergonomic keyboard trays, ergonomic this, ergonomic that. How much, and I'm not trying to get into a legal battle with any ergonomic manufacturers right now, but how much weight do you think that people should actually put into thinking about that when they're investing in their office furniture and supplies? I think that they should put a significant amount of weight, uh, especially that it's super available now. Now, back in the day, this kind of furniture was not available. So I think that a lot of older people may have, you know, developed, you know, that stiffness and, and chronic stuff because of inadequate postures and positions while sitting. Or, uh, But now that we have all this furniture that, you know, all these desks that go up and down and all the chairs with the, with the support for the low back and the adjustable armrests, I think it's worthwhile the effort and the money because it does help the posture and proper sitting. Uh, but that's not to say that you shouldn't be doing anything else. So as much as, as it's worth investing in um, this kind of furniture, I don't think it takes away from actually doing all the exercises and the physical work that really your body uh, also requires. Absolutely. I don't want the exercise that I get during the day to come from trying to figure out all the levers on my chair. Exactly. <laughs> that's really well said. I mean, yeah, I'm yeah. looking, I actually traded out desk chairs with my 15 year old because he is taller, wider, like just there's more of him. He's six foot three or six foot four already at 15. Oh my God. So he needed the bigger chair. And um, I'm looking at it right now. And just the number of levers is ridiculous. I know back in, well, I'm just thinking about when I graduated college in 2001, these chairs were not cheap and I'm not talking about mine but ergonomic chairs in general people were spending a thousand fifteen hundred twenty five hundred you know big money on ergonomic furniture and it's not really necessary anymore you can go to your local office supply store mm -hmm. and get quote ergonomic furniture and office accessories so thank you so much for putting your thought into that 
for me. I know that given the option between being stiff at the end of the day, because I bought the cheap $20 desk chair at the local big box store, or spending a little bit more and not being stiff, yeah, I know which one I'll go for. Exactly. What would be some other recommendations that you would have? And I'm going to focus here on entrepreneurs. We've talked about three to four times a week, getting movement and getting up every 25 to 30 minutes during the day, putting a little bit more money into our furniture and, and desk accessories. Do you have any other recommendations that could really help us be at peak performance body-wise? Because that will contribute when our body's feeling good, our mind feels good. Right. And I would also say the other ways true when our mind feels good, our body feels good. And so I think that besides, you know, um, exercising or working out, which makes me, for example, feel amazing, which uh, then helps me do what I love. I would say really for people to focus on doing what they do enjoy and what they love, because even if your body feels good, but if you're doing a type of work that stresses you out or if you have to go to, to the office uh, feeling upset and angry every day, it's almost like all the exercising you've done doesn't really matter anymore if you're just going to, you know, stress again. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely know what you mean. Yeah, I was in what actually my job as an interior architect. I had no passion for what I was doing. Exactly. And at the end of the day, I was exhausted mentally and physically for no reason, just because the stress was wearing me out. Right. So I think that the the two really go hand in hand, right? Like you can't have one and ex- expect it to compensate for the other. I think it's really, it's 50-50. So um, I would, the biggest recommendation I would have for people is to find something that they're passionate about or that they enjoy doing. And, and something that I think will also help the community or other people because uh, it really is all about it's it's about helping people and not just about yourself and so when i think you combine what you love doing on top you know with some things that you also like doing to relieve the stress and and the pressure then you're golden yes i love that i was taking a sip of coffee and i I couldn't swallow fast enough to say that big, yes, that's not what I should be drinking. I know I should be drinking more water, but hey, it's Monday morning and this is what I need to keep on going. (laughs) What did you want to be when you were a little girl? I really wanted to be a doctor. For me, working in the healthcare system was never uh, a question. It was a no-brainer for me. I mean, I I knew always that's what I wanted to do. I never knew I was going to become a physiotherapist. As a matter of fact, I didn't even know what a physiotherapy is or what physiotherapists do. But I, after I finished my bachelor's degree in health sciences, I really wasn't sure if I wanted to get into med school because it was going to be another four years of school plus, you know, another three, four, five, if not more of uh, specialization. So I was like, I don't know if I feel like going through school for, you know, so many more years. So it just, so I decided to take a year off and I got um, a job in a, a physiotherapy clinic where I worked as a receptionist and a little bit as a physiotherapy assistant. So I got to see what physios do in that clinic. And I applied for the program of for the master's of physiotherapy program at the University of Ottawa. And, uh, and I got in right away. And I have to say, I struggled through 
the program. I really thought it was tough and, and it was um, very stressful. But uh, I, I pushed through. I managed to, to complete it. And um, the first day on the job, I just fell in love with, with the work. And it's mostly, it's a lot of because of what I do, but it's also because of, of the people. Um, and I think that uh, it's such a... F- it's such a good place to meet new people, to learn about their stories, and then contribute to making them feel better and seeing that before and after. When they first come and see me and when, that, and when I discharge them, when I let them go, you can really see that you can make a huge difference in someone's life. So I don't know, like things worked out for me in such a way that um, I haven't looked back. Honestly, I have not looked back since I started doing this four years ago. Oh, I absolutely love that. I was going to ask you what made you passionate about your work, but I think you just <laughs> summed that all up. So thank you You're so much. Welcome. Yeah, it took me 15 years after college to really find something that I was passionate about. And I started because I was chasing income and I was chasing the big dreams of living in a big city. And then I realized life always throws us unexpected events and circumstances and children in my case. And I realized the city life just wasn't really how I saw the picture coming together. Well, Mm -hmm. the children weren't really what I saw when I was younger. And then I realized, but this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Correct. So yeah, while there were definitely perks of being an interior architect, and I love seeing the before and after pictures. And let me just admit, I loved the free lunches and all the parties, okay? What The impact that my work has now could never be the same in interior architecture unless I was doing it in a whole different field. Maybe I would be an interior architect for nonprofits or not-for-profits, really helping them make a bigger impact on the people that they serve, but that's just not what I was doing then. Right. I agree. I mean, I feel lucky, to be honest, that I got... I guess that this field chose me and that I found myself in it uh, right away because I know a lot of people don't have that chance. And I mean, it is the way it is, right? Um, I think everybody can learn something from from their experiences, but I'm just so lucky that I have found something that I love doing right away, um, that I didn't have to go through, you know, years and years and years of, of a job that I didn't enjoy so much. So... I don't know. I, I just feel really fortunate and, and very grateful for, for the place that I'm in right now. What does a normal day look like? Or do you have a normal day? Um, every day for me is a little bit different, uh, which which I'm kind of okay with because I'm not a, uh, I don't like too much routine. I like a certain amount of routine, but not too much. But um, I'll get up, I don't know, at around 8 o'clock, let's say, and um, have my coffee. I'll have enough time to get ready uh, before I go to work. So um, a normal day for me would be, like I said, getting up, having coffee, having breakfast, and then making my way slowly to work, uh, getting settled. And, uh, you know, uh, I'll have my first patient come in around noon or 1 o'clock. I'll have maybe a few more after that, and I'll finish around six, seven, eight, um, sometimes later. But I do have a lot of gaps between my patients, which allows me to run errands or, um, you know, get together with some people, have meetings maybe with uh, people that I want to do business with. 
So it's it's very spread out, which I'm I'm happy about uh, because I need that break between patients and between treatments because uh, I need to just take a little, little rest from what I'm doing because my job is very physical. So um, that's pretty much a normal day for me. It's not very hectic, but it's it's good usually. It usually feels good. Yeah, well, you can't wear yourself out or else you won't be able to help your, exactly. your patients. And the other thing is that I'm not very stressed, so that helps a lot too. That's a huge uh, reliever. Do you think that businesses in America and in Canada are doing enough to promote well-being for their employees? I don't know, to be honest. I wish I could say yes. I think that they're making more and more of an effort. Uh, in Canada, for example, especially a lot of uh, people working in big offices will have, uh, in, in the corporate world, will have insurance plans that will cover, you know, massage and physio and osteo and all kinds of uh, medical uh, treatments. Uh, but I think that a lot of people are, are either not aware of it or just don't make enough time for it. So I don't know. That's one of the things I want to try and do is promote the importance of taking advantage of all these little perks that people get at work, right? And the importance of just, if not for that, just taking care of their bodies and of themselves, because if they don't do it, who else will? You know what I mean? And I also want to make sure that people are aware of the natural ways they can go about it and not just using medication. Yes. So that's, that's a big thing. That's the other big thing is that a lot of people will start popping pills whereas they can be using much more natural and organic ways to treat the same things. Absolutely. I completely agree there. I just read a study and I don't know where, or maybe it was just an article. I really should find it. But it was talking about how time spent by employees at the water cooler and socializing with their coworkers was actually proven to be beneficial because it was giving them that break away from their desk. That's amazing. Yeah. And I remember when I was working corporate that there would be that eyebrow raise, you know, oh, you're standing in the kitchen, you know, you're standing at the water cooler talking to people. Don't you know that your billable hour is, you know, whatever it is. Right. You're costing us money by not being at work. But right. in all actuality, taking that break, and as we've already discussed, taking that break would help me refocus a lot better than just sitting there because that's what I find even here while there are those days that I am super plugged in focused for that six hour way too long stretch that I don't get up ever during there are other days when I really need to move around because what I find myself doing is just scrolling scrolling not really doing anything I lose focus yes this is a positive productivity podcast but I'm also very transparent like I just find that focus slips if I don't get up and have a change in scenery once in a while. Absolutely. And I think it's too bad that um, people look at, you know, taking little breaks here and there as a negative thing. As a matter of fact, I think it's a very positive thing. I think that everybody should be doing that. And I would, I, I wish bosses and managers would encourage doing that, if anything, because you do need that mental break sometimes. And I wish people would just realize the benefits of it all, as opposed to, you know, pressuring people to get the billable hours in, uh, because really that doesn't result in anything positive is, is when you put pressure on people, they just, they perform even less well than they would if they had actually taken a 10 or 15 minute break and then got back into their work. Absolutely. 
What is one thing that you are working on right now that you are really excited about? Right now, I am working on coming up with a series of ideas for my videos, for golfers, for example. And I want to do that for different types of athletes so that they can use during their games or practices to relieve either stress or tension or stiffness in their bodies. So uh, things that they can do on the course or on the field or on the court without having to go or seek treatment. So I'm just trying to come up with a strategy of putting it all together and then hopefully launching it a little bit later when I have it all done. So that's what I'm trying to figure out how to do right now. Oh, I love that. My 15-year-old is actually, he's doing weight training right now with the football team. I mean, we're we're recording this at the end of April 2018. So in America, I'm talking about American football, which is pretty typically in the fall. But he's still there four days a week doing weight training with them. And he comes home really stiff. And he's always wondering, Mom, what can I do? I'm like, well, did you stretch? But I'm not, you know, I'm not the physiotherapist, Mm -hmm. so... Yeah, no, I'm, I would love to come up with a series of short and easy, simple exercises and stretches that people can you know, work on, like I said, on the field or the course. And I don't want to make, my goal is to make everything simple. I'm a very, my brain works in such a way that I can't stick, I can't understand anything complicated. So the simpler you make it for me, the better I will understand it. So I'm thinking of making these short, you know, two to three minute videos that everybody will be able to just watch quickly and repeat themselves and then feel better, hopefully, with them. Can you make one for our home-based entrepreneurs as well? (laughs) I can try, yes. (laughs) Yeah, that would be so awesome. I would be the first sign up. Yeah. Thank you. Now, I know you said you have been in your own practice for, what was it, a year now? Just over a year. What have been your best strategies, in your opinion, or tools that have helped you get to where you are today? Oh, my goodness. There's been a few things. I think that just talking to uh, other entrepreneurs and other business owners has been very beneficial and and very useful for me. I'm not working with any coach in particular right now, but I am just talking to people in general. And so I, I would say the most beneficial thing is just talking to different people, whether they're, they've been in business for, you know, six months or whether they've been in business for 30 years, uh, just getting advice from anyone, from all of those people and um, hearing their thoughts and, and opinions and, and getting their feedback has really helped um, guide me in, the, in a better direction that I would have if I hadn't listened to anybody or if I hadn't talked to anybody. Yeah. Keeping our blinders on can be really dangerous. Right. And yeah. so, like, for example, I was so scared of doing video on Instagram. I used to do just photos. That's what I would be very comfortable with. As a matter of fact, I didn't even have Instagram when I first started. So somebody told me you should do Instagram. I'm like, oh, really? Like, do I have to do this now? So they're like, yeah, it's going to help your business so much. So I'm like, okay, I'll get an account. And I started with photos. But then somebody told me that videos are better. People watch videos more than they, they care about the photos. So I was like, okay, I'll start with videos. 
that's what I've been doing. But then uh, somebody else said, oh, but you should be doing live videos. I'm like, okay, that's going to, you know, be in for, that will be for another little while. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I haven't even done, I don't know that I've done a video or in much less. I have not done a live video on Instagram yet. I am so nervous when it comes to video, uh -huh. you don't understand. <laughs> I mean, no, if anybody understands, that would be me. Oh, it's so scary. I mean, I've gone through worse things in my life than, you know, Instagram live videos, but it's such a fear thing. So, so I'm like, okay, people, that won't be for another while. So the live videos is going to have to wait. Even the videos that I'm doing right now um, that are pre-recorded, I have to do, I have to repeat several times before I get it right. So can you imagine what it would sound like or look like if I did it live? Do you know what I mean? So, um, oh yeah. <laughs> so I think the biggest thing was just talking to different people, just talking to people and getting advice and feedback from them and, you know, um, kind of getting everybody's insight. And then obviously like just you pick and choose what you're, you're going to do. I mean, you can't do everything right, but you try and pick and uh, choose the best, uh, the, the things that you think will work best for you. And you kind of go from there. Oh, I love that. Right. Yes. So how do you prevent yourself from being subject to shiny object syndrome? Shiny object syndrome meaning? Buying everything that crosses your path just because other people say you should purchase it. Uh, that's a good question. I don't find that uh, very easy because I get tempted, <laughs> right, to buy um, all kinds of uh, products because I, I do believe that they would help my business. And I really, I, I do believe that there are, you know, that people have amazing services and products um, for sale out there. What keeps me from buying every single one is that I'm on a certain budget. Yes. So I have to keep a, a certain budget in mind and I can't uh, really allow myself to go over it uh, because I am still an entrepreneur. My business is, is still pretty young. So I just have to watch, you know, how much I spend each month on different things. And uh, so even if I say no to some people, it doesn't mean no, it's, I'm never going to buy it. It's just I'm not going to buy it yet. Absolutely. Right. Yes. Yes. And I have to tell myself that constantly. But I did go through major shiny object syndrome in the first couple of years. I oh, spent money on programs that I really didn't need, never used. I mean, I would say a few thousand dollars went down the drain just because I never even went through the training. But after doing my own taxes for a few years and seeing, oh my gosh, look at what you spent. Kim, look at what you spent and you never used it. Yeah. So that's when I started actually unsubscribing from so many email newsletters. Actually, I have a few to unsubscribe from today because they were blowing up my email all weekend. And I'm not saying I understand launches, people. If you're in the middle of a launch, I totally understand it. I'm actually in the middle of helping a client with a launch right now. And there are more than a few emails. But we have to be mindful because just because it says offer closing soon, cart is closing, that doesn't mean it's not going to be open in another year. Exactly. Or two. I agree with that. I, I couldn't agree more. And I just think it's important to remember that and not get caught up with it, right? A lot of us will, will think that, you know, if I don't buy it now, it'll never be available again. Well, most things do go back on sale, right? So... Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Unless it's a 
one-time date with me on this specific date, you know, let's have dinner on May 1st, 2018. That's, that's one time. But right. no, like all these programs. I mean, the programs that I bought three years ago because I was afraid they would disappear. They're both, the two that I'm thinking about, they're both relaunched every six months. There you go. Yep. There you go. Yeah. Alexander, this has been such an enlightening chat. Thank you so much. I've really appreciated hearing about what physiotherapy is and how we can implement it in our life and in our business, or if we don't have a business, just life in general. So thank you so much for being here. Where can listeners find you online and connect and get to know more? So I have a website that's uh, called www.anphysio.ca is where people can have uh, can find more information about me. I'm also on Instagram at Alexandra Physio. And I also have a Facebook page um, called Alexandra Nenatic Physiotherapy. So um, I do post on, on uh, Facebook and Instagram once or twice a week, different kinds of exercises and stretches that people can do. So if anybody is interested uh, in knowing how to do uh, one specific thing, they can look me up and hopefully I will have an, you know, a little video for them. And otherwise they can just reach me by uh, email at uh, hello at anphysio.ca. Fabulous. Listeners, all of the links will be in the show notes, which you can find at thecamsutton.com forward slash PP354. And I strongly encourage you to do that, actually, because Alexandra is spelled A-L-E-K-S-A-N-D-R-A. Not the standard way that a lot of us know. But I have to say I love that because it's definitely not typical and original. Thank you. Thank you so much. Do you have one piece of parting advice or a golden nugget that you can offer to listeners? Um, I would say to, to people to not be discouraged by whatever they're doing or whatever they're trying to do and or whatever the goal is in the sense that whether it's it's job related or whether it's health related if uh, whether they're trying to reach a certain you know goal in terms of uh, their health or, or or job or or life in general I would just say don't get distracted discouraged uh, and, and don't give up just persist through the the struggles and the hardships uh, because it is part of life and if you really believe in what you're doing and if you're passionate about what you're doing then it all works out fine in the end thank you for tuning in to this episode of the positive productivity podcast When I'm not podcasting, I'm supporting six to seven figure business coaches with their marketing automation and entrepreneurs like you through my coaching and mastermind programs. I want to invite you to visit thekimsutton.com to learn how I can help you take your business to the next level.